turn my mic up. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh. On the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Alright, alright, alright. Hustle fam, hustle fam. We are back with another amazing episode. And I'm here with one of the strongest movements in the trucking game. My man Al Nelson with yes, Passive sir. Trucking. What's good, my brother? How you doing, man? Yo, man, this is a long, long, long time coming, man. We we were supposed to do this, I think, a year ago on, yes, a, on a yacht or something yes, like that. Sir. We had something planned, but hey, man, you and, know what? Uh, every great fan, everybody loves COVID. If yeah. COVID kind of got to me that time, and that's a fact. That's unfortunately, a fact. we had to reschedule, but we're here now. We're here now, man. Everything happens in God's time, so um, we're we going to make it a great episode. Listen, bro, I've been wanting to get with you and talk about this passive trucking thing you're doing, man, I think it's extremely unique, extremely dope. And I think the people are definitely going to want to hear about it. Yep. But first, in true truck and hustle fashion, we got to get into your story, man. And, and I'm really interested in sitting down with you because you're an entrepreneur's entrepreneur, man. You've been an entrepreneur like damn near your whole life, right? That's all I know. That's all you know. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I love that. So we want to talk about your story um, and get into it. So first of all, welcome to the show, bro. Thank you for having me. You no, know, thank you for, for pulling up, pulling up on us. So mm-hmm. so let's talk about it, man. Where, where are you from? Let, let's start from the beginning. Talk a little bit about your backstory, bro. First and foremost, uh, I'm Trinidadian. Parents from Trinidad, right? Um, I was born in New Orleans, but I grew up in Miami, Florida. I've been in Miami since I was like, I don't know, like five years old. So I'm from Miami. Right. Um, and, you know, just normal upbringing. Right. Uh, parents, middle class, you know, um, just you know, making ends meet. Right. Just doing what they could do. My dad was a DJ. Right. And my mom is just, you know, she was an entrepreneur. My mom was the entrepreneur of the family. Right. Um, just going through, I would just see, you know, you know, you had your good days, you had your bad days. But just I always just used to just watch her and just admire, like, you know, she was trying to create her own her own lane, her own destiny. You know what I mean? Um, and just going through the process of just upbringing. And, and then uh, after that, we we said it's time for me to start a business now. Right. OK. Um, we'll, we'll stop right there. What did your mom do? So she had an import export business. Right. Um, Unfortunately, my mother passed away when I was like 15. Okay. Right. Um, so I didn't really get to see her live out the fuel, the, the, the full potential. So I think that's part of like my driving force too, is like pick up where she left off for the family, you know? Mm. Got you. So your, mo- your mom, Trinidadian also? My your mom mom's born in, in Born in Trinidad. My got dad you. born in Trinidad. And what, 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 what's, what side? What, what side of Trinidad? You know, they got the Indian side. Oh, got- yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's like uh, Port of Spain. Okay. Port yeah. of Spain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. And you said your pops was a DJ. Yep. DJ and he worked for the airport. Okay. Yeah. Got you. So you, you saw your pops like, like throwing parties and all that? Throwing parties and all that. I it, grew it, up like, that's how I came up. So, you know, I came up, you know, people call it outside, whatever words you want to use. That's that's how I came up. Like little kid running around grown people's parties. And every weekend it was a party at my house. Like my house from I can remember has always been the party house. Like, OK, always stuff going on in my house. My dad's always been super you know, popular amongst the Trinity community. So it was just. Just you know, it was a vibe. So, so on what level was he DJing? Like he was doing clubs. He was doing like 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 big time DJ. Was he big in Trinidad? Like, um, he was big in Miami. Oh, Miami. Miami. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So just but what's anything, his name? What's his DJ name? Maestro. 
DJ Maestro. Yeah, his name is Mike. So okay. it's just Maestro, right? All right. So, you know, anything Caribbean related or, or you know, around his era, he, he was always involved. Okay, gotcha. You have any siblings? Yeah, I got one older brother, one younger brother, and two younger sisters. Okay, got you. All right, so you, you, you said, you know, at, at a certain point while you were a teenager, you started getting into business yourself, mm-hmm. right? So what kind of give me an idea around what age is this? <sighs> this is late teens, Okay, right? Um, it wasn't really until we left. I was maybe like 18, right? 18, 19. All right, Hustle Fam, listen, y'all. I am here live on location at OTR Capital. Happy to announce our new strategic partnership with OTR Capital. I'm here with Grace Marr. My friend, how are you, Grace? Awesome, it's so good to have you here. When, when we aligned with somebody, aligned with a brand, we wanted to make sure that we had the right people standing behind us and, and that could help our community and kind of take them further along in their journey because you know we can only bring them so far, right? We need to create those strategic partnerships to take them to the next level. And that's what I think that this relationship and this partnership is gonna do. Grace, tell the people a little bit about OTR and what you guys do. Yeah, thanks, Ramel. So we are a factoring company You know, we've been doing this for 10 years. We're dedicated to trucking companies' success and offering tools and services to help them to continue to succeed. Education is so important to us for our clients and helping them continue to grow their business. I know we have similar missions. You know, um, we really do care about trucking companies and we're both from a trucking background. You know, OTR isn't a financial services company coming off of a bank where, you know, we're based out of transportation and third party logistics company and you yourself, you know, ran trucking and had a CDL. So it's like, you know, for us, it's just, it's amazing to be able to come together in this way. The, the, The culture here is awesome. Um, I love working with you guys. I love the people here. And it's great, man. I think we could do some some beautiful things together, create epic content, add epic value. And I'm really excited and looking forward to doing this with you guys. I mean, it took me a long time to really, you know, partner with someone in this way. And I decided to do it with you guys because I feel that you're the right company to add value to, to our audience. We completely agree. We're super excited, thrilled to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Truck and Hustle OTR, we're now together. We're locked in. Hustle fam, you know we love y'all. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. It wasn't really until we left. I was maybe like 18. Right, 18, 19, when um, I left to go to school, right? I left to go to college, right? Um, I was in Tallahassee, and it's crazy because I was just be going to school. I hated it. I didn't, I didn't like it at all, right? I was just like, man, like, how are we going to, how is this going to get me to, like, where I want to be, right? Because I didn't want to be a doctor. I didn't want to be a lawyer. Like, um, I didn't need, I didn't want to do anything that required me to have a degree, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So at the time, this was my train of thought, right? So um, it was always like, I don't really want to be here. And then I came home one summer, and I met an artist. And he was a rapper. And I was like, that's it. I'm dropping out of school. I said, we the next Dame and Jay. And that's it. Like, <laughs> you're going to be Jay. I'm Dave. And that's it. Like, let's, let's hit the road. Let's I'm not going back to school. Right. That's it. I'm not going back to school. Okay. And that's it. I dropped out. And that was, that was the vision. We're going to start a record label. And we go go. So that's what I did from day one. That was my very first business. Okay. Right. Okay. Started a record label, and I was like, you know what? Um, just like every young kid, like you know, that's it, right? And and we started we started graining like a lot of traction, a lot of momentum in what the was, city. What was the name of the label? 
Um, it was called Stash House Records. Stash House Records. Yep. Right. And, and y'all based, based in Miami? Based in Miami. Right. What school you go to? What, what school? Did you go to before you dropped out? What college? Oh, Tallahassee Community oh, College. Oh, okay, yeah. Community College. All right, yeah. bet. So you get with your man. Y'all start a label. Y'all the next J and Dame. Yep, all right. Y'all yep. moving in the streets of Miami. Yep, yep, Talk yep. about it. So um, we moved around the streets of Miami. His, his name was C-Ride, right? Um, and he was really like the first person to give me like an opportunity as far as he was an artist, right? And I just, he's super talented, still talented to this day. And um, he was the first person to be like, you know, I'm going to put my career in your hands. Like, go do your thing, right? Just take us. I believe in you. Mm. And like that meant a lot to me. So I used to like just any club, anything that was going on, I'll be there. Right. Because I was trying to get his music played. I was trying to get and that built a lot of relationships I have to this day was built off of that business. Gotcha. Right. A lot of the people that I know in the industry and that led to another business that I started. But just going through that whole process. And then um, we ended up doing a production deal with uh, these producers called Cool and Dre. So we ended up doing a production deal with Cool and Dre, and then we went on and we signed a, we signed with a label, uh, Polo Grounds, who uh, Pitbull was signed to at the time. Um, this dude, Hurricane Chris, um, they had a couple of Gotti, Yo Gotti was signed to them at the time. So, you know, we ended up getting a deal and just, just kept growing, man. So, so this was a label deal, like this is actually no, like, he got, got signed. Yeah, he spoke, got signed. So he got signed, and you're like his manager. Yeah, but uh, we had, you know, the the company still. Okay. So so he co-owned Stash House Records with me. So. It's no different from um, who's an artist that, you know, Yo Gotti may have gotten signed that as an artist first, but he always has CMG to put other people on. Got you. That's what we own together, right? Got you. Okay. So y- y- y'all signed to Polo Grounds, you said? Yeah. Polo Ground, Brian Leach. Okay. Got you. Around, yeah. around what time is this? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the funny thing, he's just talking, so, just so y'all get the joke, right? He was just telling you before the podcast, like, yo, don't ask me nothing about years because I don't remember. And I'm like, yo, what, what time is it? But, but give me an idea. Like, I'm just trying to set, set the stage. Like, what, 2000? Because you said if you're trying to be so, Jay and Dame, it got to be like nine. I'm going to say like 2001, 2002? No, 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 no. Wait, later than that. Three, four? So this dude, Hurricane Chris, had a song named Hurricane A-Bay Bay. I remember that. A-Bay that Bay. was like 2010. Whenever that came out, that's around the time it was. 2008-7? Yeah, okay. Yeah. A-Bay Bay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they got signed around the same time. We haven't heard from Chris right? in a while. We yeah, heard, yeah. Shout to Hurricane Chris. Yep. All right, so, so it was around that time. I got you. So you, you signed with Polo Grounds, and talk to me. What happens next, man? That's pretty exciting, man. You got a, a rap situation. Yeah, right? yeah, So it's moving, but then we also, we going out. So we moving around a lot of cities. Like, we would, see uh, ride because he was with Cool and Dre. Cool and Dre signed uh, to Fat Joe, and Khaled and Fat Joe are like, you know, best friends. So it would just be, you know, that was the crew that was always moving around. It would be, you know, Cool and Dre, Fat Joe, Khaled, um, C-Ride, us. Like, we just would always be moving around and doing these little shows. And um, Dre came out with a song called Chevy Riding High at the time. So he's now on tour. And, of course, he's going to bring his artist C-Ride. And we just, it was an amazing time. It was just moving around the country, right? Okay. Um, and, but just through moving around the country, it's like, um, I'm his, I start more so feeling like his manager and not um, like a label owner, okay. right? Okay. So I was always like, man, I got to find something else. Like, I got to find something for myself, right? Uh, because at the end of the day, we're working with talent. It's like, you work for that talent, right? Your, your, your day, if you're good, like, if you take your, your job serious and position serious, like, your day is to wake up and 
how do I make this person's life better? And then in turn, I'll make my life better. The better you off, the better I'm going to be off, right? Because that's my job is to put you in a better situation, right? Um, and as long as you're in the best situation as possible, that in turn will make me be in the best situation, right? Right. And, you know, I just felt like I was just going so hard for somebody else when I was like, going this hard for myself, right? And then not, you know, having to take this much of the pie, right? Just trying to get a little more. So um, we'd be going to a lot of clubs, and I was just always going out. out. Like I said, I, I've been going out since I was a kid. So um, I would always go ahead of the time and just purchase a table, though, right? Because I never wanted us to wait online. I never wanted us to – I wanted us to always, whenever we get there, we just walk right in, right? It was a, at the time, that was important to us, right? We just – I don't want to wait on no line. I wanted everything set up. So I'd always go prepay for tables at, at all these different venues. And um, everybody always used to ask me, like, damn, I, I don't never wait in line. Like, y'all just um, – could you help me out? So could you help me get a table? And then through that, I started, you know, um, booking tables for people and just setting up uh, this company – uh, Easy VIP, which this all stemmed from from C Ride, right? Okay. Um, so once I started Easy VIP, which was just a platform to you know pre-purchase admission tickets and tables for every major nightclub in Miami, like I couldn't just like with me, I'm never gonna just you know do anything that everyone else is doing. I'm always gonna try and just look for something that's um, you know kind of my niche, right? And I'm very big on like convenience for people, right? And giving people the ability to um, just make their life easier. Because I feel like that's what a, a business does. Like, you know, a good business makes your life easier no matter what it is, whether it be a microwave, a stove, a, a, you know, air conditioner. Like, it should make your life easier, right? right. And that's what I feel like you, you're able to scale. My whole thing has always been scale. Like, I never get into a business feeling like, you know, how could I make this work and make a couple of dollars off of it? Like if I'm getting into it, I'm thinking like, yo, how do we make this into a hundred million dollar company? And if we can't bill it to that type of company, if it doesn't have that type of potential, I don't want to do it. Okay. Because I feel like I'm wasting my time. Gotcha. Right. Because same amount of time it's going to take me to do this and make a hundred thousand is the same amount of time it's going to take me to potentially make the hundred million. So I might as well put all my time and effort into a hundred million. And least, even if I fall short, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're still up there, yeah, right? 100%. So, um, but yeah, we're not falling short. Nah, I got you. So you start the company Easy Easy VIP. So you said Correct. that's a way to pre-purchase tables. Yeah, it was a way to pre-purchase tables in every single venue. So is this an app? Or it was a it was a website. It was a website. Yeah. So yep. so you what you'd actually do is you go online at yep. the time and you'd have like a, what a list of all the different venues. A, and so I went and I went and structured deal with every single major nightclub in Miami. Right, sat down with the owner. Told them, you know, you guys have promoters, you know, I want to create um, that for you, but online. Because I was noticing doing a lot of, you know, stuff, a lot of things was going more so online, right? But a lot of the venue stuff was the still this traditional um, uh, velvet rope and, you know, you can get in, you can't, so on and so forth. Right. So I just uh, pitched it. I'm like, it's, it's time, you know, for the future. Yeah, right? yeah, 100%. So... And there was we nothing had, like this at that, at that nothing time, Nothing like right? this. This was, was totally first, innovative. First one. Okay. Right? So I got floor plans at every single nightclub. I got a developer to, like, you could click on the actual table, see a picture of that table, where it is, do a 360 to see the venue of where you're sitting. Like, I went all the way because, mind you, I, 
My number one thing whenever I'm going out, I'm getting a table, I'd be like, yo, where is it at? Right. Don't put me by the bathroom. Don't, I want to be here. Like, right. Because if we're spending this much money, it's already overpriced. It's already thing. So at least let me be comfortable. Right. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm thinking of questions that I have as a consumer going out to venues. So um, it was set up for people that went out. Right. Okay. Um, and it was doing well. Right? It was just doing good. Doing Real some quick, numbers. Before we go forward. How much did you have to invest to get that business started? Oh, man. Like, to get all those floor plans made. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you had a whole bunch of contractors. And, like, a, that's a, that sounds like a pretty big undertaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What was your but startup cost? It didn't start off. It didn't that, start like, off, big. like, yeah. Did one at a time? We grew into it. Okay. So, originally, it would just be a picture, a PDF of a floor plan. And then, from there... We got with a, a company that did 360 videos, right? And then we started adding 360 videos to certain venues. And we just, we built it from the ground up, right? Okay. One step at a time. But startup costs, I don't know, maybe 20 grand. 20 grand? Okay. Something like that. That's right? not bad. So, um, so, so yeah. let me ask you, at, at your peak, how many venues did you guys have like that, was, that were on the platform? Oh, man. I don't know. We maybe had... 20 in Miami, uh, Vegas, we had like 15. Okay. We just had started doing um, Atlanta, uh, 50. Okay, like 50 venues. And, yeah. and how many users were, were using the app, like consumers? Um, it varied. It varied. But we're doing around, I don't know. Like two hundred thousand a month, somewhere okay. around there, right? That's not that's not bad money. I take two hundred thousand a month. Yeah, that's gross. Those gross numbers, <laughs> that's, not that's net. Gross. Don't quote me. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. No doubt. You know, people love throwing out the big numbers, right? Yeah, people yeah. love throwing out those numbers, right? One hundred percent. So, you get, so when it, you get down to the net, it's a it, different it would story. be just so I understand the full business model. So basically, they would pay a premium in order to be able to book those tables on top of the table. So you would get like a fee on top, like a service fee? Yeah, so it'll be two ways. One, I would get a percentage from the venue. So the venue would bring, give you like, let's say 10% of everything I bring to the table. Because you're attracting clients. For the, uh, yeah, right? for every attracting table we book. Yeah. And then um, there'll be a uh, 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 convenience, like upcharge on the site too. Okay. So we'd make some money from the site. We'd make some money for the, for the um, table. But what we always did was like kind of negotiate the lowest rates. So even with those prices, you know, with, with a little bit of uh, upsell on the site and, you know, um, booking the table up front, you still would come out cheaper than if you were to just walk up night of and say, hey, let me get a table. Got you. How, how tough was like the logistics of like having that two sided marketplace, especially that early? Yeah. You know, because you're kind of doing some innovative where, you know, a lot of times you can kind of white label things like that now. Like, you had to kind of develop this from ground yeah. up. Yep. So, like, were, were there, like, a lot of bugs in it? Or of like course. Of course. Listen, with, with business, there's always going to be bugs. Yeah. Right? Apple, Amazon, they're still going through bugs right now. Right? Nice. Nice. It's just a matter of just understanding that there is always going to be bugs, and there is always going to be problems, and there is always going to be things, but every day you just got to be trying to get better. And you got to be honest with your business, yourself. Like, this is working. This is not working. This is my strengths. This is my weaknesses. And how do I hire for my weaknesses and, you know, really build off of my strengths, right? Okay. So, you know, a, a weakness of mine was, was development. I don't know how to code. I don't know how to do those things, right? But with a web-based business, it's so important to have that stuff. So I had to go find somebody that, you know, I trusted that could do these things that I had in my head and, and, and bring it to life, right? Um, 
and not trying to take shortcuts as far as like, you know, oh, you the cheapest? I'm going to go to you. <laughs> right. right? Because with startups, it's so hard. Like, you, you don't have a lot of money to get going, right? But you need the best. So it may cost you giving up a little equity. It may cost you saying, listen, I can't pay you, right? But if you sit down and really paint the picture, like, if you believe in what we're doing, like, I'll give you equity, and we can build this together. Like, even though you didn't have nothing, your, your whole strength is being able to code, um, and that's all you could do, but that's how important what you do is to this business. So I would give up with, for it because, you know, I always tell everybody around me, like, you know, 100% of a, a, a grape is more than, you know, 50% of, of um, watermelon, right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Oh, now I said that backwards, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel you, though. I know you exactly where, where you're going. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I would rather have, you know, 50% of a watermelon and 100% of a grape, right? right? Yeah. So you holding, you trying to hold on to your business and you trying to hold on to it so tight to you that you don't want to give up, you don't want to move around, then it's like you, you end up running into issues, right? Because you don't want to give up a little control, a little equity. So you know, that was something that I had to learn in the beginning myself too because I used to be like, you know, I thought of this, I created this. Like, I lost sleep for this. Right. Like, I lost friends for this. I, 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 like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for you to just come along and say, hey, I want this. Right. But it's like, well, we'll, we'll, you know, where are you going to take it to? Because if you're going to take it to a level I can't take it to, yeah. right, by myself, then it's worth it. You're worth it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, give that up. Nah, 100%. Nah, I, I definitely agree with that concept. So, you build it to about 200000 a month right now. I know you, so I, I know you did the Shark Tank thing, right? So, yes, sir. So talk about that. So at what point does, does Shark Tank come into play? Shark Tank came when we were moving around in Miami, right? We were doing, we were doing decent numbers in Miami. Okay. Um, um, had good relationships. And, you know, the opportunity came where um, I had somebody that, uh, you know, everybody, I know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody. Know somebody. Yep, 100%. Had somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that said, listen, if you put a Shark Tank video together, you know, I know the people that review the submissions, maybe I could get you an audition. And I was like, you know, of course, I'll do it. Because yeah. I, I like the show, right? And Dame is so crazy that uh, Dame and John, like, I like him as an uh, entrepreneur, right? Way before Shark Tank, like, of course, everybody knows about FUBU and, you know, but... He owned a lot of other clothing lines too. Like he owned Kooji and, and a lot of other things, right? So, and I study entrepreneurs, right? If there's an entrepreneur out there, I don't care, the, from, from Elon Musk to Bezos to the, those big ones, to Richard Branson, to, to Damon John, to, to any one of them, I read about them, I study them, right? Because right? I want to know, um, like, how did, you, how did you accomplish that? How did you go from zero to that, right? So, you know, I always knew Dame's story. So, you know, just an opportunity to, when I went up there, I was like, you know, if I ever go in there, I would want to do a deal with him. So 100%. I'm going up there and um, I submitted the video and they called me and it was like, uh, we like your audition tape, you know, do another one. So I had to do another one and they were like, we like you. Maybe like six months later, though. What goes into an audition tape? What is like a, a, a pitch? Like an yeah, elevator pitch? Yeah, you pitch like you're pitching to them. Got you. Right. Are you are you doing like the theatrics in the pitch, or are you just like a simple like nah. camera in front of you? Hey, my name nah. is Al. Like, how how, how does it, that pitch nah. look? My girl, I came home. I said, listen, I got an opportunity to maybe get on Shark Tank. 
I got to film this video, and if they like it, they're going to give me an audition. And I knew once you give me in a room, I'm going to kill it. So nice. just give me in the room, right? That's all I ask. Um, so she held the camera. I stood in the corner, and I just was like a pitch. Like, right. like I was pitching to, to them, right? You know, okay. I went in the bathroom, you know, just got myself together, came out, pitched like I was pitching to them, right? Right. Um, and then we emailed it off. Maybe like six months later, I get a call. And they're like, um, we like it. We're going to fly you to L.A. Right? They were like, um, pack for a week, but you could only be here for a day. I'm like, pack for a week? I don't <laughs> the hell? That's what <laughs> Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, so, you know, I'm leaving the house. He's like, well, how long are you going for? I was like, a day, week? Like, <laughs> day she's like, yo, I don't, I don't know how long I'm going for. Like, right. So, but I get what they meant once I got there. So they put all these entrepreneurs in this hotel, and this thing was like a, was like a college dorm room. It was like a boot camp, because they filmed the whole season in um, maybe like two weeks. Okay. So everybody that's pitching, they're there on set maybe like eight hours, and it's just entrepreneur after entrepreneur after entrepreneur pitching to them, right? So they got us all in these hotels, and like, we started like quizzing each other. We started <laughs> making a fake Shark Tank panel, and we got like, because we always there for a reason, like, you know, so we just start helping each other, yeah. right? Because we got there that night, we realized, oh, you're on Shark Tank too, you're on Shark Tank too. Let's practice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, the next morning, they were like, you know, be ready at 6 a.m. Bus comes, picks us all up, takes us to Paramount Studios. So my, we, you know, from Miami, right? So I'm in LA, it's Paramount Studios. I'm like, oh man, I got my right hand man with me, Lou, at the time. And Lou was like, uh, um, like the president of the company, Lou, Lou ran a lot of stuff. So, you know, um, me and Lou just talking and I'm just like, man, this is crazy. Like just thinking about where we started from and right, right, where right, we are right, right now. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Man. So we got a bottle of champagne. I'm like, yo, listen, when we, when we, uh, get this deal, open up this bottle of champagne and celebrate. Right. So we get there, they put us all in these individual studios, uh, individual waiting rooms. Right. Okay. So, you have to wait your turn. This entrepreneur is going, this entrepreneur is going. Mind, we got there like 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, so, I'm 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm still waiting, right? By this time, a bunch of people around me has gone already. I got a person on the right of me. They celebrating out here. Oh, we got it. The person on the left of me crying. Oh, my God. I'm like, I'm like yo, what the f- like, what are what, what I'm not gonna lie. For? I'm not gonna lie. That bottle of champagne did not make it fast. We ended up sitting in the room. I was like, open up this shit. Right, 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 right. So we ended up just talking. I'm just like, listen, but what I went out there with the mind state was this moment, this show, this everything, this doesn't this make or break me. Right? The only thing it could do is speed up the process. Right. But with or without this, we're gonna win regardless. Yeah. So, like, and they can't tell me anything about. Like, this, like, they can't tell me anything about this business. They can't tell me anything about, like, um, um, like what we're trying to do. And I meant that, like, not that we won't take, you know, constructive criticism or anything like that, but I don't put my, my, my visions and my goals, I, you don't have the final say. Even if you, like, let's say you tell me, hey, this is trash, I don't like it. Right. That's cool, that's your opinion, I respect it. Right. But, you know, I feel differently, so I'm going to go after it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, that, and we knew that, and... By the time I walked out there on the stage, that's how I felt. Like, you know, this could only speed it up. It can't. It can't. Um, 
you know, it's not stopping anything. For sure. Did, did you look at it like, because I know a lot of people probably look at that, that uh, opportunity differently. Like, eat, regardless if you, like, did you go on there to actually get the money? Or did you go on there, like, to just get the branding? Like, nah, to I went get on it in front get the of money. national television. You were thinking about the money. It wasn't about the it. TV exposure. Well, the TV exposure was great, right? Um, but I underestimated uh, not I, I underestimated how much exposure it would bring from our direct consumers, right? At the time, um, because my I'm thinking young nightlife people like they might not be watching Shark Tank, like right. so you know is it going to bring us a lot of business? I didn't know, right? Right? Um, but I know we needed like a like a mentor because up until that moment I never really had like a, a successful mentor. I had my older brother who's like my mentor still to this day. And he's just super smart. Like he's a numbers guy and he's just, he, he, he's incredible. And he guides me as much as he can get me. Right. Cause you can only lead as, as far as you could go. But I had never had somebody who was like, Nah, I, I passed that hundred million dollar mark. Like, this is what you do to get there. Gotcha. So we all trying to help each other, right? Um, come up. So I was like, we need that. We need that. Like, um, that mentor is, is. It was important to me. So I was going on there to, to one, get the deal, but then two, to like, you know, mentorship too. That was important to me too. And you were tapped into Damon. You were like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get Damon. I wanted Damon, but I was gonna. Listen. You take whatever you can get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I prefer I prefer Dave, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, no offense, Dave. If you yeah. watch, <laughs> you know what I mean. But I prefer Damon. But you know, I'm up there to get a deal done. Right. So let's go. Yeah. Right. No doubt. Um, and it started off a little. It started off a little rocky because what what you don't see on um TV is you know you're out there for like an hour. Right, it, it it cuts down to like five minutes, six minutes, but you really up there pitching for like an hour. Oh wow! They asking you real questions. They yeah. really getting into your business. This their real money that they give you, right? Like, and they want to figure out like you know, do you really know your numbers? Do you? They, they ask you you know some some things that it's gonna you know kind of separate the boys from the men real fast, right? right. So you know when we first started, mostly I, I didn't really feel like anybody was really interested, right? Because then it's like, you got to think, like, one's the owner of the Mavericks. One, you know, uh, Dame is, 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 is huge with clothing. One, you know, does, like, securities and stuff for BlackBerry. One, you know, so nightclubs, like, that's just, that's a pastime for them. That's not really a, a business for them. Right. Right? Right. That's something they do for stress relief. So, you know, they kind of brush it off in the beginning. But as I kept going, um, it kind of circled around. And then we ended up getting offers from... I think almost everyone, okay. right? I think except for maybe Barbara, right? But everyone up there was like, "Nah, I give you this, I give you this, I give you this." Yeah. Um, and we ended up doing a deal with with Damon John and Mark Cuban. That's dope. Now, did you know what going into that? Did you know what type of equity you you wanted to give up, or did you know? Because you probably you said you were a fan of the show, yeah. So I'm sure you played those scenarios out of in your course. mind because they'd be like, "Give me ten percent for a hundred thousand." You know? What yeah, I'm saying? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, did yeah, you know yeah, yeah. What, what deal you wanted? Yeah, I knew what deal I wanted. I knew what deal I was asking for, and I knew what deal I was willing to accept. All right, so what, and what, what I asked what was you for, looking for? Shit, I don't even remember. You remember? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember. Um, maybe, 
Damn, I, honestly, I don't remember. You don't remember? Yeah. All right. I don't want to say the wrong thing, if, but if, if, I'm if, sure if, you could Google it. In your entrepreneurial <laughs> mind right now, what, what would you have asked for? I mean, you could probably think about what made what would have made See, sense. See, back then, I don't. I, it was different numbers, different times. Like, uh, and I, it's hard for me to think, you know, with that mind state um, now because I know so now. much, right? And I, and, and, uh, I think a lot differently now, right? Right. right? right. I got you. Um, but what did you get? What was the what was the ending? Uh, so I think on the show, and it was Mark and Damon. Mark and Damon. Okay. Because I remember that show, bro. That show was kind of legendary. I think you were like the first black dude I ever seen up there get a deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll be honest. Yeah. Were you? Because I, 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 first I of all, wanna... it wasn't a lot of brothers up there to begin with. 100%. 100%. But I, when I seen, I remember like when we first met, we, we know each other. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. when you told me, I'm like, yeah, I remember that show because mm-hmm. you were one of the first people I seen actually get a deal. And I'm like, yo, yeah. brother actually won on Shark Tank. That's crazy. <laughs> but I don't want to say I'm, I was the first. I could have been, but. I won't say that because I don't know for sure. Yeah. But I know I was one of the first. Right. Right. Um, and I know that um, the deal we did on, because here's the thing too. When we talk about like, did you want the exposure? Did you want the, this is your business as much as um, it's them giving you money. And what I mean by that is the deal we negotiated on the show is not the deal we actually closed in real life. Mm. Right. Because the deal we negotiated on the show was like, I don't know, let's say it was, I don't know, 15% for 150000 or something like that. Let's just, I'm just throwing out numbers because I don't remember the exact number. Yeah. But then you get off the show and then they have this due diligence process, right? Where they really, you really have to show the numbers that you said you're making. They want, they want documents on it. You got to prove it. You got to right. go through. Like underwriting. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's people up there like that'll say all these things, but then you, you might not have, have gotten what you need. Oh, we got the oh. numbers. Okay. You can bring the numbers so, up real quick. <laughs> so, yeah. So, once the show was done, right, I was like, listen, the deal we, the deal we did was great, but I, I don't want to do that deal, right? Because, what you, hold on, let me see. Okay, yeah. So, the deal we negotiated on TV was 150000 for 30% equity in Easy VIP. Right, one hundred and fifty thousand for thirty percent. One hundred and fifty thousand okay. for thirty percent. Right. What's, what does that make the valuation? Who's good with numbers? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the part that be bugging me out. Be like, so the valuation. So for is, every thirty percent is one hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, so thirty yeah. percent so times three and another ten. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So, um, but once the show was over, as they do their due diligence, right? You know, I'm doing my due diligence as well. You know, and you got to understand this too. You know, again, no offense to. To, to, to Damon and, and, and Mark and, and everybody at Shark Tank, their money's expensive, right? What does that mean? Their money is expensive, meaning if I go, if I want $150,000, right? If I go get a loan from a bank, right? Like, let's say I've been in business for two years. I have all my documentation together. I got my paperwork. My credit's all right. And I'm able to go get that loan from a bank and I get an interest rate of like 5%. 6%, let's say it's hard money, I do 8 10%, like, you know what I mean? That's what I have to pay. I have to pay, let's, let's use an even number, 10% on $100,000, right? Like $10,000, right? That's what that money cost me. It cost me $10,000 to get $100,000. $100, okay. Shark Tank money, $100,000 cost me 30% of my business. <laughs> right, right, right. So the money's expensive. There's cheaper money in the world. Right. There's cheaper money out there and their money is expensive because of everything that comes with it. It's not just money that you get. You get their Rolodex, you get their relationships, you get 
you get so many things from it. So there's no, there's no answer if it's the right or wrong money, right? But it is just a little more expensive. Like, you're not, right. you, you're going to, um, somebody that's not known, right, who's just, a, just an investor is going to be cheaper than somebody who is famous. Right. Right? It's just, it's a part of the game. Because you're getting a certain level of access. You're getting a certain level of access. Yeah. And to give you an example of that, right, not to speed along too, too much in the story, after we did Shark Tank, you know, we sit down with, we sit down with the guys, right? And um, we're going to go back in the story. I'm just giving yeah, you an example yeah, of yeah. access. And Mark asked, hey, what do you guys want? I said, I want to I launch in Vegas. Right? Vegas is where I want to go. I have been trying to get into Vegas, but Vegas is different from Miami. Miami is nightclubs, and they're owned by a guy, right? So let's say a guy, David Grutman, he owns Liv. That's it. Grutman owns Liv, right? right? Um, um, or Grutman owns Story. Let's use Story for a better example because, you know, Liv is inside of uh, Fountain Blue, right? Right, right? Which is a hotel, and, you know, you got the hotel. So Grutman owns Story. You speak to Grutman, if you're able to get the deal done, then you're in story, right? One, one gatekeeper. Yes. But Vegas nightclubs, they're all in casinos. So it's still a hierarchy, right? The win owns this hotel. The win owns this nightclub. You know, your group manages it and you're partnered with them, but the hotel is a partner with the thing. So every, it has to go through the, the, the chain of, of command, right? So... I have been trying to get into Vegas, but it's a little more difficult. Mark set me up meetings in a week. We, we, we breezed through Vegas in like a week, mm. right? But that was the relationships you got. So how do I put a value on that number? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, you could look at the money like it's cheap. If you look for dollar for dollar, then, yeah, it's expensive. But what, what is the, the value of being able to expand the business into a whole other city in a week? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's super important. You know what I mean? That's super important. All right, so y'all y'all get the deal done. Y'all negotiate your actual deal after after the show. Yeah, negotiate the actual deal. I ended up um, I ended up not taking any money from him. I didn't end up taking money from him at all. Okay. Either one. <laughs> okay. I ended up doing a deal with them, and um. No, you know what they did? They they put in a smaller amount, a smaller amount of money. Both of them put in a smaller amount of money. Right. Right. Okay. It was very small. Right. Because I had went and did the show Shark Tank, I had access to other money. Right. Be- because of the because exposure. I was going on Shark Tank. Yeah. Because the exposure, right? But it hadn't aired yet. Okay. 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 Right. But it's people just, knew. It was, knew it was, it was coming. Air. Yeah. Got you. So I was able to raise double the amount of money for like half the. I set up a deal over here to raise double the amount of money, and then I still brought on Damon Mark. So I had everything. I had the money, like, at half. Well, I had double the money at half, and then I had um, still had Damon Mark. Right. Right? So, that was slick. What made you think, okay, so that wasn't your plan initially, right? So what you saw getting, like, some phone calls and all that like, um, to, to raise? We had, we had always been talking to people. Okay. Right? Because, I mean, as a company, as a, as a startup company, you're always raising money, Right? You, you, you need capital, like, for a business, like, it's like starting a fire, right? And, and money's your air. You need it. I don't care who, I don't care what company you look up. Apple, uh, Microsoft, uh, 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 the Tesla. I don't care who you look up. All the big boys, they were always raising money in the beginning. You had to continue to raise. You'd be like, damn, why is, you know, 
um, taking another round of investment and value uh, and getting evaluation up because you, you need the money. Right. Right. Because it's a growing phase. And if you want to scale to the heights that, you know, we want to scale our businesses to. Right. Then you're going to need an influx of cash unless you're just going to bootstrap it and just kind of pay the bills with um, the money you make with with the money you make. But then that's a rat race that, you know, it gets hard. Right. Because you want to scale. You want to go bigger. You want to you want that push. It costs money to do that. But if you take the money away from your business, you, you might not have enough money to do both to the level that you want to do it. So you, you take on more capital to then be able to scale your business and it's going to eventually generate more money. But you need that money up front. Right. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So. OK. Importance of it. So, so you said they gave you a little bit of money and you had raised some other money from some other yes, people. Sir. So. Tell me about the progression of, uh, of Easy VIP from that point. So then we just started, you know, then, then we, that's when we started going into other cities and we started growing. But um, the more we grew outside of Miami, I realized the harder it was to get the percentage that we needed from the nightclubs to sustain. Right. The only market we had at the time was Miami. So I felt like we was going to be able to get this type of deal structure everywhere. But we weren't. So it made the margin super small. So we were at like a, I don't know, like a 5% profit margin, right? It was, it was very small. So it's like we're working so hard, right, to make 5%. Right. Right? Right. When it's all said and done, like after salaries paid, after everything. And that's the number that really matters. That, 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 the top number that you said, that don't, that don't mean nothing, right? Um, it's the, it's the what you net. That's all that matters. Yeah. Right. So just going through it, I, I started realizing like, there's a, a fault in the business model. Right. Um, and it was just a lack of uh, lack of control. These are these people's venues. They set the price. They give you the numbers. You, know, you work with it or not. Right. So. Um, so I just started at the time, like making decent money. Right. And. I started, I've always, you know, put money in other things, you know, some real estate, stuff like that, right? Um, so as we start growing, Dame and, and I, we just all started talking. We are just like, man, maybe we should just like, kind of pivot out of this and, you know, kind of um, do a deal that, you know, allows us to get out of it and, and still make sense for everybody. So that's kind of what we did. And what did that look like? What was that exit like? <sighs> I'd rather not discuss. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> got you, got you. Now nah, understood. So, but it put it it, it it was it put me in position to be able to do other things, right? And, so, right. and the exit was just it was it was what needed to happen at the time, right? Got you. So ultimately, you 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 dissolved that business. How, how big is that business at that point? How many employees did you have? Like like your de development team, all that, just to get a sense of you know what you had to dissolve. Um. 15 people? About 15 people. Yeah. Is most of that like development? Like, Nah, um, maybe like four or five of those are development. So everything is development. It was like sales. It was uh, people that was meeting people outside. It was like pretty much concierge, people that meet outside of the venues. Okay. Um, then we had a bunch of independent contractors that, you know, we, we started setting up deals with every single hotel and their concierge service. Um, you remember I, I brought up the name Lou earlier, who yeah. I said went to Shark Tank with me? Yeah. That's how I met. My guy Lou, he was a, a, a 
concierge at this hotel called the Clevelander in Miami. And when I started Easy VIP, I used to go to all the concierge and say, listen, if you have somebody want to go out, book it on my site and I'll give you a referral. And he was like, okay, cool. Um, and Lou just started bringing so much business to the table. Mm. Lou just I was like, yo, how are you getting all these people? Like, <laughs> Lou was bringing business. And I just was like, man, he loved the business. So he was like, man, I, I'll leave Cleveland to come work with you. And I was like, man, let's go. Like, you're incredible. Right. And, yeah. And he started running the whole concierge program because he understood him. He spoke their language. He was a concierge. So. Okay. And, yeah. But um, those, those concierge were like independent contractors. So, you know, just. But in-house, maybe like 15. Got you. All right. So, so you dissolve Easy VIP. No, nobody owns it. Nothing like that. It's just dissolved, nope. right? Yep, yep, yep. All right. Cool. So that's no longer. So what do you do next? I just start investing in things, right? Uh, invested in a restaurant. Um, restaurant in Brickell in Miami. Um, put some money into another restaurant, um, and I'm just looking for things to invest in, right? So, but that, that's what brought me to trucking because sitting in a barbershop one day getting a haircut and my barber's like, uh, Ralph, shout out Ralph, best barber in Miami. No doubt. <laughs> shout out to Ralph. <laughs> um, my barber's like, yo, Al, like you always invested in stuff. You should look into trucking. I'm like trucking. Like, what do you mean? I, I, I drive trucks. Right. He's like, nah, you don't got to drive trucks to get in the trucking, man. You could, um, you could own the truck. He was like, my boy who's coming in after you, he was like, um, he's making a ton of money in the trucking industry. I'm like, all right, cool. So after my haircut, I waited around for dude. So I, I want to hear this, like, right. make it make sense to me. So he comes in, and it turns out he was a truck driver, right? Um, but he was like, man, you know who you should talk to? My boss. He was like, my boss, man. He was like, he younger, he may be younger than you. He just bought a Bentley, man. He was like, I was like, okay, cool, that's what's up, right? Um, so I leave from there and I was like, you know, connect me with your boss and you know, maybe we we'll talk. I never ended up connecting with his boss. Um, for whatever reason, like dude went back on the road, and I understand it now, you know, truck driver, like he's like, Yo, I'm on the road, man. Like right, right, right. I'm like, you're on the road, man. We try to set up a business, man. Like, <laughs> you need to come home. Yeah. But like he on the road, he working, right? But I came back and I, you know, I contacted um some people that I know that knew a lot of people because I didn't know anybody in trucking, right? So I thought of like, who knows a lot of people, right? Holla at my boy who does my taxes. Because his tax firm has like a thousand clients, right? I'm like him, like, yo, do you know anybody that does trucking? Oh, yeah, we got a client that does taxis that's trucking. I was like, he making decent money. I know you can't tell me how much he's making, but, you know, is he making decent money? He was like, nah, he killing it. I was like, set me up a meeting with him. I want to meet him. Right. Right? Um, and I asked my other boy, Mike, who's just super popular. I don't know how. You know, you got that one friend that. You don't know how they know all these people, but they just know all these people right, like right, a little right. social butterfly. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my guy, Mike, man. Yeah. I don't know how Mike be doing all these people, but Mike knows everyone, right? Got you. So I called Mike. I'm like, yo, you know anybody at trucking? He was like, I do. I was like, yo, set me up a meeting with him. I just started calling people that I knew, knew a lot of people. And they were just setting up these meetings for me. My guy from the tax office, he set up a meeting for me. But this guy, he was just doing local routes in Miami um, with a day cap. Right. And I remember the dude in the barbershop told me he was over the road. 
I was like, nah, I got to be over the road, man. He's telling me over the road is the thing to do. Right. So my guy, Mike, he was like, um, um, I know somebody in New Jersey um, who has a truck. And, um, you know, I could set you up a phone call with him. So I was like, all right, cool. So I get on the phone with him. I was like, listen, are you doing over the road? He's like, <laughs> right. Yeah, because that's, that's the only thing I knew at the <laughs> All time. All I want to hear is over the and road. And he's like, yeah, yeah, do over the road. So I'm like, perfect. So I was like, break it down to me. He starts breaking me down the whole, the whole trucking industry, right? And he had maybe, I don't know, 10 trucks. He was based up, uh, out of New Jersey. So I'm like, listen, I want to come sit down with you. I want to buy a truck. Uh, he was like, but what are you going to do? you have a driver? Do you have anything? I'm like, no. I was like, but maybe I could like pay you a little extra to help me just get off the ground, right? I was like, but I'm not going to have a lot of time to dedicate to this because I got a restaurant opening up. And, you know, that's, that's what my focus is. That's what my mind is at. Trucking is just like a little side hustle for me, right? It's not, it's not anything I'm thinking is going to be anywhere in my um, long-term future, right? right? It's just an, a, another revenue stream. One thing that I do every year is, how do I add a, a new revenue stream to my current business model? And how do I add one new revenue stream, period? Mm. It, it matter what it is. It's small. Like, whatever. Just, we got to keep pushing ourselves forward, right? Right. Um, and this was my revenue stream, right, that I was going to add. So, I called Mike. I'm like, listen, we're going to Jersey. I book your ticket, bro. Like, you got to come with me because I don't know, dude. But you do. So, I, I need you in a room with me. Yeah. Right? Um, so, Mike's like, all right, cool. Book it. Let's go. We come, we fly up here, I go, I see his operation, I see his trucks, I see his office. First time I, I realized what a dispatcher was, like all this stuff. So he's, he's kind of telling me everything. So I'm like, all right, cool. I need you to kind of run my whole thing, like manage my truck for me. He's like, yo, I don't manage trucks. He's like, you could, you could lease on to me, but you need to come with your stuff together. Like, you need to go get your tags, you need to get a driver, you need to, you, need to, you know, meet me halfway pretty much. Right. And I was like, I don't have none of that stuff. So he's like, look, man, I'll help you, right? I like you because I want to um, grow my business. So he was like, look, you look into my business, you help me with my business, I'll help you. So I'm like, all right, cool. So um, I was like, I'll be back next week. Find me a truck. So he finds me a truck. The amazing truck prices at the time it was 40000 It's great. Right. right. Right? So he was like, hey, I found a truck. It's 40000 I was like, I'm going to be back in a week. And I'm going to pay cash. He was like, all right, cool. Flew back next week. Um, and I bought the truck outright. And that's it. I, I was like, listen, I'm going to trust you to, to get this done. He was like, yo, I'm going to need 2000 for tags. He starts running out his additional expenses. All right, cool. Here. Boom. How long before we're on the road? He's like, let's say he says a month. All right, cool. We're on the road in a month. I'm focused on my restaurant. This is my focus. Yeah. Right? Um, maybe two, three months later, we're still not on the road. <laughs> so what's going on? With like, right. This is my intro to trucking, right? Um, and then we finally get on the road, and the money that he said that we were going to be making, it's not making that type of money. And then, you know, um, and then uh, there'll be weeks that I'm not getting paid at all, like three week stints. And I'm like, yo, how much did the truck make this week? He was like, nothing. We lost money. You're, you're 600 in the hole. <laughs> right. I'm like, what? How? Like, but the things that he would be saying wouldn't make any sense. And I know this doesn't make sense. 
I know this doesn't make sense, but I'm not putting any amount of time and energy and focus to it like I should. I'm not really paying attention to my business like I should, right? Because it's not my primary business, right? Even though I know that that's wrong. That's not how you, you know what I mean? With anything, right? You pay attention to it, right? So it's so crazy because I, I go to them and I'm like, listen, this is how much I want per week, right? If you could guarantee me this amount per week, right? I don't care what you make. Just pay me this per week, right? And I'll be happy and you could make your money. I make my money. And if you could do this for me, I say we could create a company around this, right? I got this whole vision. I'm telling them I got this whole vision. I don't know nothing about trucking, <laughs> right? But I'm like, I got this whole vision, man. We could manage people's trucks. Like, because I'm sure there's other people out there like me that don't want to manage their trucks, that have other stuff going on. So I was like, listen, if we could get this off the ground, I was like, man, I'm telling you. He was like, oh, I don't really like that. How am I going to guarantee you money? Da, 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 da. Right. So I'm like, all right, fine. And that's when I said, listen, I'm about to just dive in. Once I got the, once I got the idea for passive trucking in my head, my, my mind started shifting from this is just a side hustle to this could be something if I figure it out. Right. So then I just started just, I pulled my truck from him. I was like, listen, this is not working out. I pulled my truck from him. I was considering selling it. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, and then I'm out one night um, in this place, Wynwood, and I bump into my, uh, my friend Lenoris, and he's like, ah, what's going on? I was like, man, I got a truck. You know, he was like, man, I'm a driver. Like, you didn't know I drive? I was like, no, I didn't know you drive. I was like, listen, help me get this thing off the ground. Like, show me what's going on. He was like, all right, cool, I'll help you. And Lenoris really jumped in the truck, started driving, and really helped me. I used to pay him as a driver and then pay him extra to teach me, mm. right? But it's only so far he, he knows because he, he, he's, not a, he's not an owner, right? He's a, he, he, he drives. Right. So he only knows his side of the, of the game, right? right? So, um, but now the truck's making money. Now I'm going through the process every week. Now I'm understanding what a low board is. Now I'm understanding what drivers. Now I'm understanding what a 34-hour reset is. Now I'm understanding, you know, downtime and, and PMs and, and um, the difference between uh, new tires and, 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 and recap time. Right. I'm just I'm starting to understand the, 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 the game, right? I'm starting to understand the business. And then, um, then he introduced me to this dispatcher. His name was Sharon, Right. And Sharon at the time, she had been dispatching for, I don't know, like 14 years. So she really, she really knew her stuff. And then once I met Sharon, it was over. Mm. That was my missing piece, right? A guy was Sharon and she had relationships with brokers. She had direct relationships. She had, she had a lot of stuff in order that I didn't have just with, with Norris. And once I met her and I was like, listen, we used to do this thing every morning where she was like, listen, I'm gonna, this is where we're going over this time. We're going over like booking loads. Like we would call a broker. She would three-way me in, just let me be quiet on the phone. And just, I would just hear how she would talk to them, questions she would ask. And we went through that for like a month um, or maybe like three months. And then after that, then I was like, well, let me try one now. And then I started booking and I started booking my own truck. Yeah. And then just with her listening, she like held my hand and walked me through this thing. Yeah. Um, and then I met this guy, James. And James had been in the business for 30 years. Um, Spanish guy from Miami. He'd been in the business for 30 years and he had like 40 trucks. So Sharon introduced me to James. 
And James became like a mentor to me because he had a large fleet. And he really showed me like, all right, this is how you run a fleet now. So I'm learning from the driver. I learned from the dispatch side. And then I learned from the fleet owner side, right? And then I was like, all right, cool, we ready. And then I just was like, I'm going to start taking on other trucks now, right? Because my trucks, was, it, was, it was on autopilot. I knew it, I, I knew it inside out. There's nothing you couldn't tell me about that truck, right? right? Um, and then I added another truck to it. And then I was like, um, and all this time I'm doing these trucks, um, a bunch of people is asking me like, hey, what's up with the truck and what's up with the truck? And like, you know, help me, help me, help me. And I'm like, yo, I'm not ready for you yet. I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready because I'm still learning. And but my goal is to create a, a management company for people that, you know, just don't want to manage their trucks themselves. Right. And it goes back to that whole, you know, even easy VIP DNA in it with as far as creating convenience for people. Right. And creating the ability to make their life easier and and us being able to to, to provide a service for them. Right. So. Once I just hit the ground running, it was, it was. That was it. Game time. Yeah. All right. So a few questions real quick. So going back to Sharon, where did you find her? Was she working for somebody or was she just like freelancing? Like how, how did she just. She was working with James. She was working with the guy with the 40 trucks. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. you. And then you connected yeah. with her and she connected with him. Yeah. Yep, All right. Yep. Another question. When you, when you were working with the other guy in Jersey, did you have your own authority yet, or were you just no, leased on no, to him? No, I was just leased on to him. So once you left then him, got then you got yeah, your yeah, own authority. Yep, yep. All right, so you build up your trucks. How many trucks do you build uh, with, with Sharon um, and, you know, working with your new mentor, James? Like, what do you get to in your um, business? With James and Sharon and everything, we, we, we had, like, I don't know, like 10 trucks. Okay. Because I was, like, running passive, but with James, too. Okay. Right. Not James involved in passive, but like under his authority. Okay. Right. So, um, because we just, we have such a strong relationship and he has some deals that, you know, some, some carriers, um, not some carriers, but some, some brokers that he was working with and stuff like that, that I really wanted to utilize, but in order for me to utilize it, I had to run underneath his platform. Got you. And, um, but we just, we didn't have a traditional deal. Like it was just like, you know, hey, just like a handshake deal. Yeah, just thing. give me this and you cool. Like, rock, do, you th do your thing. Gotcha. Right. So, we did everything. I built the company. We always did everything. Like, we have our own trailers. We got our own dispatchers. We got our own. We hire the drivers. We we do everything. Right. And it's always been that way. I never let anybody else, you know, do these things for us because I never wanted to, you know, be dependent on anyone. I never allowed someone to to give me the trailer or you know hey use my fuel card or anything nah we 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 run everything in house right right right, right. got yeah. you all right so now you you come you know and and you go back to this concept that you were thinking about from the, in the beginning from the, in the beginning right this yeah. passive trucking concept so now you're about to bring this to fruition so what's the first play what's the first move to actually get this thing going <sighs> the first play is uh Speaking with the people around me, right? I always start with the people around me, just letting them know, like, listen, this is what I'm doing, right? Um, and, and, just, and just explain the exact concept of what passive trucking is right now. So what are you telling people? This is what I'm going to do for you. Yeah. So passive trucking is uh, a company that allows people to get into the trucking industry and gain passive income, meaning 
Um, let's say you wanted to get into the trucking industry, but you didn't want to run a truck. You didn't want to start a trucking company. You didn't want to do any of the day-to-day stuff. You literally just wanted to gain the money from a truck. You would partner with Passive Trucking. Um, we would manage your truck top to bottom, every single aspect of it. And you get paid out a flat rate every single week for your truck. And um, every week that the truck's on the road, most of our trucks is you know, four weeks on the road, one week off for the driver. You get paid on that schedule and um, it's just completely hands off for you. Got you. So the first question that I would ask is how much? What type of investment do I have to make? So your, your only investment is the truck. You have to just purchase a truck. Yeah. And you, and you got to go through you got to go through your um, your tags. OK. Right? So you got to get your, your tags. Your, your truck and your tags. What yep. about uh, authority? All of that? No, no, no. No authority. You Every, run underneath you, our You run authority. underneath the truck and authority. Yep, yep. OK, cool. All right. So getting back to my first question, you start talking to people around you. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm sure you secure like your first client. Right. Yep. Tell, tell me about that. Um, it started with my family. So my brothers, they bought a truck. My dad bought a truck. Um, um, those were like my first trucks I started managing, right? And that started going well. And I was like, all right, we, we really could do it. So now trucking is no longer, you know, not my primary business. My, trucking is, is all I do now, right? I still have a restaurant, but trucking, like, you know how they say that like, it was like a bug in trucking? Like, like once you get bit by that bug, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I, f- I fell in love with trucking. Like, you, you fall in love with a woman or something <laughs> like that. Like, like, I really love it. Like, I, because it's just, it's, 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 every day is different, man. Like, and every day is like, it's a potential to, you know, to make something happen and, and, and grow. But it's really just depending on you, right? It's depending on the team that you set up. It's depending on how you structure your, your, your organization. Is it, it's, it puts a lot in your hands, right? Um, to can you reach that greatness or not, right? There's some always going to be some some variables, things you can't control, right? With it, with any business, but um, trucking game, I love it, bro. Got got you. Okay, so so now, uh, h- how are you managing all these different moving parts in house? Are you are you outsourcing some of it? Do you have a network? Tell me about no. the network of so people from, that you have to do all these things for a trucking company. So from the beginning, it was everything's always been in-house. So um, whenever we get to a certain amount of trucks per dispatcher, I hire a new dispatcher, right? But the dispatcher works primarily with us, right? Now, if we don't have enough trucks to um, fulfill, you know, kind of a quota, that we like, like, you know, if, let's say for every seven drivers, we hire a dispatcher, right? Let's say you, we'll, this is the eighth truck. So for this new dispatcher, you only have one. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting for you to go out and work with other people. But once we start getting to a certain number, then I'm expecting for you to just work with us. Okay. Right? Because um, when it's time, when we need stuff done, we need it done. You can't play like second fiddle to anybody as far as like, oh, I was on the phone with my other carrier. It's like, I don't really care about that, man. Like, right. it's what we need done. We need to move our trucks, right? Because we're a little different, right? We pay a flat rate every week, meaning we all know things happen in trucking, right? Let's say this driver's late to a Walmart load and that truck got to sit for a week, right? Because he's waiting for a reschedule. 
that truck was on the road. You got a payment schedule to get paid that week. You're getting paid that week, right? Like, this is the, the, the service we provide for our people, right? It's not, hey, the driver was late. Unfortunately, this week we cannot pay you. Like, nah, you're getting paid. Because regardless. This, regardless, okay. right? You don't even know that the driver's late, right? right? You, don't, you don't even know. Most of our passive trucking um, partners, right? That's what we call everybody. Their truck driver could walk past them right now. They would have no idea who they are. Right from aside from the ID that they get when they you know add physical damage to the to their to their trucks, right? It's, it, they don't engage with it. Our passive partners who 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 are truck owners, they maybe spend an hour a month, two hours a month with trucking, right? Mm. And that may be a phone call every every week or every two weeks to say, "Hey, what's up with this?" or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, 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 it's completely hands-off. Right. So we have to run a, a tighter ship because we have um, certain things in place and certain guarantees in place that we got to make sure we hit. There's no room for, for, for games, and there's no room for, like, part-time people. That's why I don't really like working with people part-time. It's like, you all in or you not? Because right. over here, everybody is all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so me as the investor... Cause we we talked about this earlier, like like when you asked the guy, you were like, "Can you guarantee me a certain amount?" And he's like, mm -hmm. "I can't guarantee you nothing." So you, with passive trucking, when you sit down with an investor, you're you're giving them some sort of guarantee, and what is that guarantee based on? So the guarantee is based on the driver's schedule, right? So if I tell you your driver's going to be four weeks on, one week off, then that's what you're getting paid. You're getting paid four weeks on, one week off, right? Now, if it's something extreme that, you know, the truck's down and it's down for maintenance and, you know, Freightliner has a, a water pump on back order for three weeks, four weeks, then maybe we sit down, we have a conversation and you know it's in the shop. I know it's in the shop. We both know the truck's not moving. Then the payments will stop until we go back on the road. Okay. But you see those little minor driver areas like, oh, he was late, so I shouldn't get paid. Like, nah, you, this, is, this is the point of our business to, to take that away from you. And- you know, with a fleet our size, costs get absorbed. Meaning, we may have, you know, 40 trucks that performed great. Three of them, right, didn't uh, perform as good. These departments they paid. But these things, then it, it kind of balances out. It's not, like, it's not like somebody with one truck and one payment. And if that one truck is off the road and you miss it, then that's it. You're done. Like, you know, we run a large business, so um, you know, the business is set up to absorb some of those costs, right? And have those things in position, knowing that there is going to be some weeks that the truck doesn't go as planned, right? But as long as it's not truck failure, as long as it's not, you know, something major that we both agree, us and the passive partner agree that, yeah, we need to stop right now, then you're getting paid. No one's ever gotten a call from us saying, hey, your driver's late, you can't get paid. Never. And it never will happen because that's not the way the business is set up. How, how do you how do you guys keep drivers? Because <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm assuming <laughs> are, are your drivers are your drivers like slip seating working in different trucks? No, 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 no. Your truck is your truck. Your truck is your truck. Yeah, your driver is your driver. Yep, yep, yep. So there's a couple things we do, right? One, we pay our driver's salary. Most companies play, you know, rate per mile or uh, a percentage of the load, uh, we pay a flat rate salary, right? 
a lot of our costs is fixed costs, right? I like fixed costs. Yeah. I could like predict what thing, and I know goals that need to be set in order to hit those fixed costs, and I know where we're gonna win, right? We get a lot of drivers because one, there's no fluctuation on your pay. You know what you're about to get paid for the next six months. You know, as long as you're here, a year, two years, two years, right? Drivers like that because they could build a life around that, right? They know that this money's consistently coming in, right? Whereas other companies, you may make a thousand this week, eighteen hundred next week, fifteen hundred the week after that, fourteen hundred. The dispatcher was mad at you, so she sent you on this low, so it affected your pay. Like, it's a lot of fluctuation with that, right? With us. We, we, we bring a sense of stability and we just try and do extra things for our drivers. Like we just started this program that we're literally rolling out for our drivers, like, like starting like a pathway to home ownership and, 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 and getting them with a broker and a realtor that's, that's working with them to try and help them purchase homes like on, on a um, um, long term. Right. Just different things that we try and incentivize and do for our drivers that that a make sure that they're paid, but then B. Like, try to help them out with their life, too. Because we all know with, with, with trucking, it's like, whether you want to or not, you become a shrink. <laughs> you, become, <laughs> you become a psychiatrist. A you become a, 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 um, a bank. You become, you know, you, you loan the money. You come, we were just talking about this on the way. Like, you play so many different hats with these guys because, like, these guys keep the company moving, right? You don't have no trucking company without a truck driver. Right. It's just simple like that. Facts. Right? So... That is the most valuable asset of the company is the driver. Everything else comes after that, right? So what do we do to keep the drivers happy? As long as we keep the drivers happy, the trucks keep moving. If we keep the trucks moving, money's being generated. We keep money generating, then we we keep everybody happy, right? Right. Those wheels stop moving, we got a problem. Yeah, no, 100%. So you guys are guaranteeing the driver a certain salary. You're guaranteeing the investor a certain amount. Mm -hmm. How are you able to... That's a huge burden on you guys to run an operation that's going to be able to pay out all these, you know, pay all these people. Eh. Right. I mean, because ultimately you must have weeks where or do you have weeks where you have to pay out more than you make or you're not hitting those numbers and you're still having to pay. Like, how, how do you it's business. manage business Stuff's going to happen. OK. Right. Stuff's going to happen. Yes. Yes. To answer short answer to your questions. Yes. Right. Um, but. I will say this. One, you've been in business oh, when you were running your you, you, you were running a trucking company at the time, yeah. right? And when you were running your company, you staffing knew staffing company. Still yeah. do. But it's, it's you were running trucking. a staffing yep. company, right? Yep. There's certain costs where whether it be, you know, what it costs you to uh, acquire new people or um staff would be let's say I was uh, a freelance person that says, Hey, I could bring you, you know, five people every week to work for your staffing company right instead of paying me percentage this is what i want fixed rate you would know what those five people is worth enough to say yeah i could pay you that because as long as you keep bringing me those five people we good right right same thing with trucks and 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 expenses and costs is as long as the drivers are hitting their numbers and the dispatchers are hitting their numbers we're fine right some weeks, like we know, with everything of trucking, numbers aren't going to be hit, right? There's going to be a, a, um, uh, a downtime for every single truck. But all the trucks at once, nah, that's not happening, right? right? right. Like it would have to be a major event, like a pandemic, <laughs> right, to slow everything to a grinding halt. And yeah. even through that time, we made it through, 
right? Because we sat down with all the owners. We said, listen, this is what's going on right now. Park your truck, right? Um, um, you could park your truck for a little bit, or we could keep it on the road. This is what the payment's going to be, right? And that's it. We got through it, and everything was fine, right? So we prepared, and we, we planned, and we set the pricing in place knowing that our guys hit our numbers, right? We hit our numbers. That's just it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but, and, and ultimately, as the investor, I'm only pay, I'm paying that one time yep. to get the truck, the tag, so forth and so on. Is there a service fee? Is there any ongoing fees? Or- so, the only thing the investor pays for is uh, any damage caused non-driver related, right? Right. So, any, like, maintenance, right, with the truck that's, like, non-driver related, then the passive partner will pay for that. Right. So and they pay for it in two different ways. We could either call you and say, hey, this is what's wrong with your truck right now. Right. Because they don't get calls like two o'clock in the morning. Like, hey, this blew out. Like, nah. (laughs) Right. You know, you call during business hours and it's going to say, listen, um, this is what's taking place with your truck right now. This is the cost to fix it. It's. One thousand dollars to fix it. Right. Would you like to pay for it yourself or would you like passive to pay for it and take it out of your next week's settlement gotcha. or split it over settlements? Right. So it's like you have a, a financial partner there, too, to help with these repairs as they come up. You know, most of our guys, they like paying for it out of pocket because they want to put it on their credit card and they get the points from putting it on their card. You know, sometimes they'll be like, no, you, you pay for it and just, you know, take it out of my future settlements. And that's what we do. Right. Okay. Um, but aside from that, there, there is no, no other cost. We pay for the fuel. We pay for the, um, the driver's salary. We pay for the, the – we even pay for PMs. They don't pay for PMs. We, the PMs every uh, 12 weeks that we do, yeah. we pay for the PMs. We um, – um, tolls, uh, truck parking, uh, all, that, all those expenses, they already paid. By the time you get your money at the end of the week, you don't have nothing to pay for unless – you have a truck payment or whatever situation you set right. up Based in order to acquire this equipment. Truck, right. You know what I mean? But aside from that, um, that's it. And what we do as passive is we don't hold anyone to any contracts, right? Meaning there's always an agreement with what's required from us, what's required from you, how much you get paid, um, um, so on and so forth, right? There's always that agreement in place, Right. But it's no time frame on it. So if you want to run with us for a week, you can run with us for a week. You want to run with us for, you know, five years, you run with us for five years. At any given time, you feel like this is no longer the platform for you, a system for you. Take the truck. Right. That was important to me. You never want to hold up anyone's truck. Right. Right. So at any given time. And it also I yell in the office all the time. And this is something we say all the time in the office. Like we only as good as the last check we cut. Right, because the second we stop cutting checks to people, then we got no use for us. Hundred percent. Right. So, and it, and it's quick. It's no. It's it's weekly payment. So it's no. It's no room for, uh, uh, um, BS. You are gonna find this out fast in seven days. You got my money or not? Right. 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 <laughs> and yeah, that's it. Okay. So if 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 I sign on to passive trucking as an investor, I purchase my truck. We sit down together. I tell you, I want you know, my guide to run whatever route structures you have set up out there. Mm-hmm. What, let, let's say, you know, four on, three off, whatever. What, what can I stand to make? And obviously I can't hold you to this, but like, 
give me an idea of what I can make as an investor weekly. This is what you have to do. Go to www.passivetrucking.com, <laughs> schedule a consultation with, with one of our uh, advisors, and, and they're going to walk you through the program, they right? The pro- the exactly. Process. Okay. But I will say this. All of our guys, because we just, you know, the end of the year just finished, right? So we just did uh, 1099s for everybody, right? Um, um, and just sent everybody out their payments. Everybody last year made NB, the, the, the lowest investor, because we, most of our people are first-time truck buyers, Right? I would say maybe 60% of people whose trucks we have are first-time truck buyers, right? So a lot of times we walk them through the process of even helping them find a truck. Mm-hmm. Like, we were buying so many trucks, like, what was it, last year, year before? Like, I'm talking about, we were spending millions of dollars purchasing trucks. Not our c- cash, right? Um, um, you know, he, he bought a truck, right? right. He, this is 60 over here, 50 over here, like... What was it? Uh, Freightliner, Kansas City. They called. They, they thought we were doing fraud. <laughs> no, seriously. We bought like 13 trucks in a week from them. Wow. Like we was just buying so many trucks. They're like, yo, what is? No, we need to see your records. Like they, they're thinking we're doing fraud. But I'm like, nah, like the company's just, the company's growing, right? So I, I bring that back to talk about the money. Like the lowest person that, you know, return on the investment was 55%. The highest person was 130%, right? Mm. Return on the investment. Gotcha. So, like I said, we deal with investors and we deal with people. So, I'm laying this out for you. If running a truck, trucking company, is something that you want to do, if milking every single dollar out of the game and you want to build your own trucking company, that's what you want to do, Passive's not the place for you, right? Passive's not the place for you. You, you need to start and run a trucking company, right? But if you're an investor looking for passive income and like a high rate of return on your investment, that's what we, that's what we work with, right? That's dope. And you should come into the trucking industry. You should come into the trucking business knowing what you want to get out of it, right? Like I knew coming in what I wanted to get out of it, right? I didn't know that I'd be, end up being the person that provided it to me. But all I want out of it was I wanted a, a great return on my investment, and I just wanted, you know, to have an additional revenue stream. I didn't want to run a trucking company, yeah. right? But I couldn't find what I wanted, so I ended up having to build it, knowing that there got to be other people out there like me, right? So that's, that's the difference, and that's what we really, we, we try and address that in the beginning coming in. Gross numbers don't mean nothing, because right. if I made a million dollars this week, and I had $1.2 million in expenses, <laughs> guess how much I made? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. I owe money. Right. right. So it don't matter what you make it's what you keep. That's all that matters. Right. So talk about that. Like I want us to as a culture and as as a as a community to start talking about that more, because I see so many people jumping into this game with unrealistic expectations. That's like, bro, it don't work like that. Right. It right. does not work like that. Like it's, right. that's just not the business. Right. So getting back to the numbers that you just gave me. The, what were the what were the what was the difference like the KPIs the difference between that person who had fifty five percent and the, the cost of the truck okay truck prices have been rising as got you, know, you right so it depends on what you bought the truck for got you right so the investment That's, was higher yeah therefore they didn't make as much because they your, your investment was high so you made the same they both they made, made the, the same, same amount, amount of, money, of money but they still but your return on your investment is different because it costs you more to get in got you right That's the only difference you both walked away with the same amount of money but you know. Would you pay for your truck? Gotcha. And what type of truck did you purchase? Uh, right. In order to, to partner with Passive, we have certain truck stipulations. Let's talk about that. 
But we right now, every year it changes, right? Every year the truck gets newer. So right now, as, as passive, we won't take on any trucks that's older than 2016. Okay. Your truck has to be 2016 or newer, and it cannot have over... If it's brand new coming in, um, just to the fleet, it can't have over 550,000 miles, right? If it has over 550, maybe six, right? Then we, we won't take you. Can you explain why? Oh, man. Well, one, we want to run good equipment, right? Not saying that other equipment is bad, but we have a certain, you know, standard that we want to keep with all of our equipment. Um, driver retention, right? We want to put the drivers in good equipment. We want to make sure... Uh, uh, Andrew, Drew's job is easy. Drew is our maintenance guy, right? He gets the calls at two in the morning. Hey, I broke down, right? We want to make sure Drew's job's easy. And the older the truck, probably the more it's going to break down. Yeah. And um, <laughs> it's just, it causes more problems and it causes more issues. And we try and avoid these things, right? We have, uh, so us, as you may or may not be able to tell right now, like, I'm not here to get every truck and every dollar, everything. We want to run a good company. We want to run a company with certain standards and it's important for us to follow that integrity straight through. So the type of drivers we hire, the type of equipment we'll let on. Like we lose a lot of business. This guy called and he had 10 trucks, right? He wanted to just give us 10 trucks. I think like his, his, his father died, something like that. He didn't know how to keep the business going. He just wanted to give us 10 trucks. And, but the trucks were just 2013s, 2012s. So I, we had to turn it down. Right. Right. That's, that's a lot of revenue that could have been generated, you know, for a lot of people. Right. Yeah. But nah. nah. Got, got you. Where, where, where is passive trucking right now in terms of uh, investors that you guys have now underneath the umbrella? What's, what, what number are you, you guys at now? <sighs> so investors or trucks? So we, we talk because both. we have because you have invest with multiple trucks. Exactly. So we could talk trucks and then we could talk investors. How many trucks you guys run? So. Right you know, you know my goal, my short-term goal right now. It's with, 100, correct? Yeah. Okay. So where it's we at? 100. We're not at 100 yet. Okay. We're going to say we're over 50, but we're not at 100 yet. Okay. So somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Got we'll you. be at 100 by June. Okay. Got by you. June, we'll, 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 we'll pass 100. And about how many investors you guys are working with now? Um, maybe 23. Yeah, somewhere around 23, 23 24. And, and, and the company started when? In... Oh, that, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is only a couple years ago, man. You gotta be able to give me this one. <laughs> oh, what song was that that was out? <laughs> it was when our A Bay Bay was out. <laughs> nah, this was like uh, 2018. 2018. 2018, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about investor retention. How, how, the people that you've signed on underneath the umbrella, yeah. how many are still with you? Most. Okay. That's so crazy. We were just talking about this other way here. Most. Most are with us because most come into the business wanting what they want, which is, you know, to gain passive income and not run a, a trucking company. Right. right. So that doesn't change six months later. This is still what they want. Right. So we have two type of people that come to us. There's one that is, hey, I don't ever want to run a trucking company. Right. I just want to continue uh, giving you guys trucks and having you guys run it. And I'm just going to grow my fleet like that. And they'll go from one truck to two trucks to five trucks and go like that. And then there's the person of, hey, I one day want to run a trucking company. I'm going to get with you guys as training wheels. And then I'm going to go off and do my own thing. Both options are fine with us. As long as 
um, we understand what we're coming into this for. That's why I say, like, it's important to know what you want to get out of this thing, right? And for us to have realistic expectations on both sides of the service that we're going to provide and what's expected from you and time frame wise, right? Like I said, we don't hold anyone's trucks up. So whenever you want to move your truck, it's, it's, it's fine by us. But on the flip side, um, it's important for us to know, like, you know, what's the goal here? What's your end goal here, right? Because, like I said, we, we're, we're very, you know, open with saying, like, nah, this, we're, not, we're not the right person for you, yeah, right? Like, yeah. it's not what you want to accomplish, you're not going to accomplish that here, right? right. And, and that's fine. And, and, and are your investors scaling with you? Are they adding more units? 100%. 100%. Like, right now, it's a tricky time. Right now, it's a tricky time because of truck prices. Truck prices continue to grow, right? Truck prices continue to grow. And we're a company that we don't, we don't recommend financing. Okay. Financing is okay if you have to. If that's how you got to get your foot in the game, then you could finance. But, you know, we always recommend buying the truck outright. You spend less money, right? The finance, by the time you look over how much you spent over those five years or three years or however long you get the financing for, it's ridiculous the, the the interest rate that these these guys are giving you, right? Right. It's, it's, it's criminal, right? Um, so with truck prices going up, we started rolling out a new programs. So now we um, have like a partial purchase program where, you know, let's say you owned a truck with us for, you know, a year, right? And he owned a truck with us for a year, right? And both of you guys want to buy trucks, but you may have 30 and you may have 30. You, I know you guys both want to buy trucks because you continue calling me saying, hey, do you have any trucks out there for, 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 for around this? Then um, we may put you guys together, create an LLC, create an LLC, have you guys purchase the truck and passive a service like the guarantor. Meaning if you guys go out there and buy a truck and let's say you're responsible for a payment and, and he doesn't want to pay his side, but you have your side and passive will cover that. And we will we'll take it up with him to make sure you're never left holding the bag. But on the flip side, again, we only do this with vetted people. Right. You have people to that you have worked with. Yeah. You have past, to have been running with us. We past performance. Yeah. 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 Of course. Right. And um, we do this because, you know, it is harder. Right. It is harder. But your rate of return is still going to be the same. Right. So. If you're making 60, 70% of your money on 30,000 versus 70% of your money on 60,000 because the payment just get cut in half, you're still going to get the same rate of return. It's just on a smaller amount of money because that's what you had at the time, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's the, just things that we're doing, right? And, and, and trying to ensure that, you know, we don't price anybody out, right? Because our thing isn't set up on, um, um, you know, letting the, the market kind of dictate how many people could get into the truck, then we just we got to change you gotta the game. got to be creative and figure out ways where people can work together or well, co cooperate. And group economics, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, nah, 100%. Nah, yeah. that's, that's super dope, man. So, so just so I you know, kind of understand, I can become an investor. All I have to do is purchase a truck. Passive trucking is going to take care of everything from hiring a driver to compliance, to insurance, to maintenance, yep, to yep, yep. the whole ball of wax. And all I have to do is just wait for my check to come in the mail, mailbox money. Passive income. Wow. Passive trucking. I never, right? I never thought that trucking could ever be passive. Yeah. Well, for us, it's not passive. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> for, for, us it's, right. for us, it's extremely, like, it's, it takes, because you know the game, right? So for us, it's not passive, but 
our business is set up to make it passive for the investment. for you, right? Yeah. Um, because that's honestly what you see a lot, especially like on social media. It's like yeah. another passive form of income. It's like, nah, trucking no, is no, not, it's not passive. passive. No, it's not passive. You know what I'm saying? It's not no, the, the passive. There's no way. Because I be seeing um, uh, uh, um, truck companies like, oh, if you, if you set up your business right, then eventually your trucking company will be passive. No, this thing's never going to be passive, right. right? If you're running it. It's never. It's just not set up. It's too many things happening at any given time. Like, it's 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 not set up that way, right? Yeah. Um. You know, Tremaine you met him a couple of times. Like, yeah. That's our fleet manager. This I can't tell. Like, he speaks to the drivers. He speaks to everybody. Like, he don't stay off his phone, right? Because it's something happening at every, especially as you grow, yeah. right? So. If you're running it, it's never going to be passive. Can it become easier and less time consuming once you got your systems in place? 100%. Just like any other business. But it's never just going to be passive. Right, right, right. Give, give me a quick success story. Somebody who signed up, got with you guys, and they had an incredible run over the last couple of years. Give, give me, you don't got to give me a name, but just give me a story. I mean... I just said everybody making. That's true. That is a <laughs> That's success. success right there, That's right? True. That's true. Right? If you look at if you look at what the average uh, take Rate the hedge return. funds out there, right. you take what they would say the uh, S and P five hundred. If you take these 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 different um quote unquote these are these are the the, the solid platforms, right? You look at what they were uh, return on the investment yeah. is right seven percent, twelve percent, right, thirteen percent. We're killing that, right? Hundred percent. And we and we attract. Um, you know, we're doing this for the everyday person, but then we also do it for like, you know, larger people, right? You know, we talk about Damon John and Shark Tank like that. He has trucks with us, right? We Dope. manage his trucks, Dope. right? Um, and it's just uh, like somebody, he's too busy to run it. He don't run around a truck company, but you don't want to get a return on your money, right. right? So this is what you do it for, yeah. right? And, yeah. and this is the, this, like I said, that's the platform. That's the people we like to work with, right? Um, you got all the time in the world to sit at home and, and, and think, then you might, that's the time to do it yourself, right? <laughs> if you, if you want to, um, you know, have a partner with it, then call us. Yeah, nah, this is, this is exciting, bro. I don't, I, you know, this is an opportunity that, like you said, anybody could get into the game, just create a passive income stream for themselves and just really hands off, mm -hmm. you know, chill. And they can say they got a truck somewhere. They could maybe take a picture with it every now and again, post it on Instagram and, you know, go home and collect a check and do no work. You yeah. know what I mean? Sounds like a dream come true. That was my goal. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was my goal, right? It was fleet my goal. owner. Don't do goal. no work, but I'm a fleet owner. Yeah, and they are, right? Because realistically, they, they are fleet owners, right? And they do things, right? Because an amazing, an amazing time is, um, use him for example, right? Sterling, right? He bought a truck, right? Um, where you bought your truck, sir? What year? Yeah. 2021? No, I think it might be 20. Well, no, what year did you purchase your truck? 2020? So he's had his truck, right? And if you don't mind me asking, how much did you get your truck at? 64, right? And his truck now is probably what? 70, 80,000, right? Yeah. So it's two parts that he he ended up catching, right? He ended up he made money throughout the whole year, yeah. right? And it appreciated That's his value in the truck, of course, right? Hundred percent, right? And yeah. the, and the rate of returns I'm talking about, 
I'm not even talking about the equity in the truck. I'm just talking about cash that was paid yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? So it's two, it's two ways to, to, to look at it, right? And I know this is a super unique time, and it doesn't happen like that usually, right? You don't buy a truck and it appreciates the value, right? <laughs> right. It depreciates. Truck real estate. That's, yeah, that's, that's, they're supposed to depreciate, but right now you just caught it at a special time. Right. Right? Right. And they got a lot of guys that was, you know, buying trucks when it was, you know, I like to call it the real price, which it's, it's not the real price. Like, this price now is the real price, but, you know, it was catching them at 42, 45, for, like, you know what I mean? 50, and, I mean... What their truck was worth now is ridiculous. Plus yeah. what they've been making. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like I said, this is, uh, we like working with um, people that, you know, want to do those types of things. Yeah. Nah, bro. Dope, man. Dope. Well, listen, we, we're going to wrap because I think we, we, we covered it. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we understand this model. Um, in, in true truck and hustle fashion, we always got to get the final thought, which is, some entrepreneurial or something you just want to lead the audience with. And then we got to let everybody know where they could connect with passive trucking and learn more about this amazing business model that you've created. So start with your final thought and then like end this off with where we can connect. Um, my final thought is just, you know, with anything you do, whether it's trucking, whether it's real estate, whatever you do, just, you know, don't give up. Just keep, I know it sounds very cliche and boring, like, but it's literally the truth. Like entrepreneurship is a journey. And every business that I had before this, literally, I used so many things from it in this business. So there's never a loss. It's always a lesson, right? And, you know, you know say people say you get, uh, you're lucky, right? So, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get, right? <laughs> so just work hard and just, just keep going, man. Yeah, 100%. And where can people connect with you and then learn more about Passive Trucking? Um, www.passivetrucking.com. Um, just visit the site, um, contact numbers on there, all the information's on there. Um, that's pretty much it. No doubt. Well, Hustle Fam, this has been a dope one. Listen, you know how we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. Me, Al, Passive Trucking, we out. I'm about to go hit the site right now. Check them out. Yes, sir. Later. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.